Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Last week, I, I kind of actually challenged you with the, the Good Samaritan story and just exactly what this was and kind of broke it down. But there's so much more, so I want to continue. Daisy, why don't you go play somewhere? There you go. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's a piece of work during the week. So um, There's so much more going on in this story. And what I actually wanted you to do was go out. And, and it says, go and do likewise. So did you actually? And, and I got to tell you, I saw a lot of it. I did, and I don't, I don't want to point fingers or anything, but I am so proud of you guys. You actually don't just have this faith and walk by people the way that the priest and the Levite did in that story, but that people came together. I just saw some great things this week, and I hope you were part of it. And if you weren't this week, maybe we can try again next week. But this is Christianity. He tells us to go and do likewise. And do we actually do? You know, we, we have this faith, and I'm telling you, the churches are just full of people that I call dead faith. Um, faith without works or deeds is dead. And a lot of people don't understand that. And, you know, how do you read that and what do you do? But in this parable, the priest actually moves over and walks by the guy that got beat and left for dead. And the Levite, he, he goes and does the same thing. The next person, he moves over, I mean, even steps away and goes around. This is a good example of faith without works is dead. And this is what the churches became over the, the decades that, I don't know just what happened, but we got into our rites and our rituals, and I tried to explain to you that if the priest would have touched a dead person, he would have been ceremonial, uncleaned, unclean, and he, he would have had to go quarantine and do all this other stuff. And, you know, are we, are we like this? Is the church these days getting to a point where we don't really want to do for anybody because of something? You know, now we all went through this whole COVID thing and we couldn't touch anybody and we couldn't get within six feet of anybody and had all these rules and where you could go and when you couldn't. Did we get so used to that? Did it create a habit in you that you don't go see people anymore? That you don't do any hospitality? So what was it? Was it two weeks ago I talked about sitting down at the table and inviting somebody to your table? And I actually got some texts and stuff and says, I, I did it. You know, I, I invited somebody. It didn't go like I planned, but, well, that's Jesus' table right there. He invites a lot of people and it doesn't go as planned. Is your faith dead? Do you just show up to church on Sunday morning and don't do anything outside of these walls? And this should scare some of us. We, we love to, to think about our faith, and we pray, and we worship. And Abby actually said there, I think she challenged you to like open your arms or something. We don't even want to do that. Somebody might see me. So what, what happens is we, we get in a spot where if we're going to do something good, are we doing it for the right reason? Is it because you know somebody? You wouldn't do it for a stranger, but you would do it for, right? Somebody's in need. 
This is the guy that got beat up and robbed. Somebody's in need. And you'll help him if it was a family member. You'll help him if you know them. You would help them if um, you could get something out of it. If there was a uh, newspaper reporter standing there with a camera waiting, you'd probably walk up and do it, right? This would be a Facebook moment. Do you do it for the right reason? Do you do it at all? How often do you do it? It should become a habit. Just like all these rules we had, are you creating a habit that you are a Christian and your faith is not just dead? It is accompanied by works, by deeds, by doing good. And are they for the right reasons? Do you actually have pure motives? So Jesus tells us to go and do likewise. And I want to I read you some things here about going and doing likewise. Um, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Okay, so you're going to do a good deed, right? You're going to do something here. This is all about hypocrisy. Are you doing it for the right reasons? Are you doing it to be seen by somebody? Are you doing it so that it'll end up on Facebook? Are you doing it to win over the love of somebody? Or are you doing it because you have compassion? How about this one? And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Their reward's here on earth. Do you understand that? Do we do these things? Do we, do, do we show our faith? Do we do deeds and works when it's only convenient that you'll be seen? Or maybe you're one of those people that don't want to be seen. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want anybody to see me doing this. It's a very private thing, right? This is something that you do at home, but you won't do out there. Do you realize that's actually the part that says, if your faith is without works, it is dead. Yikes. That should scare some of us. This Christianity thing, yeah, it's about knowing Christ and, and having eternal life. But there's so many things that go with it. This is a package deal. This is where the guy buys the whole farm to get the treasure. It's all encompassing. It's all together. You can't just pick out the parts that you want to do and that you're comfortable with. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face and show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Oh, don't we love this too? And I'll have to explain this fasting a little bit. Um, they would go out on the street corners and, and woe is me. I'm so tired. I'm so weak because I've just been worshiping God. And, and you know, I've, I've just been for days and days without whatever they're fasting. And they're showing everybody. If you're, if you're a person that likes to fast something, do you have to tell everybody? Can you just say no thank you? I, I, I fast Brussels sprouts all year long. <laughs> I fast celery. And, you know, I could stand out there and say, I am so weak I haven't had any celery. <laughs> right? 
And for my birthday, you guys just brought all these pies and stuff, right? When you fast something, it's supposed to be a, a surrender. It's, it's something, a sacrifice that you like. <laughs> and I can stand up here and say I, I fast a lot of things. But, but they're all not things I don't want to begin with. In the time that you do, when you fast, the time that you fast something, let's say you're going to fast social media or something like that, you actually are supposed to take that time and give it to God. You're supposed to replace this with God. It's not that you're just going to deny yourself that. It's that you're going to sacrifice whatever it is you like, but then give that time to God or give that whatever it is that you're fasting. You're supposed to give it to God. And, and we, we do. We tell everybody. And, and I've seen churches that stand up and they have a 21 day of fasting. And everybody, and this is all they talk about. Do you really need that? Are you doing it for the right reason? Are you doing it to actually surrender something to God, whether it's time or, or something you're sacrificing? Or are you doing it because everybody else is doing it? Makes you look good in front of man. But if you don't replace it with God, what is he getting out of it? You're showing him that you're going to deny yourself something. I can deny celery every day. Doesn't do God a bit of good. Doesn't get him anywhere. Doesn't glorify him. Faith without works is dead. These three examples right here actually have already received their reward here on earth, or they're not going to get one. Let's read it again. No reward. You've already received your reward in full. You don't have to keep being Christians then, do you? You've already got what you wanted? Did you get your reward? I want to make sure that you have pure motives. And, and this is... This is it's hard sometimes. Some of us will say that we're good at it. Nope, I only do that for God. I don't want any, any reward at all. I don't want any acknowledge of what I've done. But even by saying that, you're asking somebody to acknowledge it. Is it truly the reason it appears? Do you do something truly for the reason that it appears? Do you have alternative motives? Now, I'm going to throw my wife under the bus here for a minute. Um, when I was dating Kelly and I was trying to woo her, and I'm trying to keep this PG, right? Um, I did things that I had never done before, nor will probably ever do again because I married her. <laughs> now, guys, you can understand this. I don't know where girls are at, right? But, but you come back to being yourself, and really, my motives were not pure. They really weren't, and I wasn't doing that for the right reasons. Well... <laughs> Does it benefit me? Can I get anything from it? Can I even get sympathy? You ever seen anybody that wants sympathy? You can just tell. You want them to ask. I, I probably shouldn't say this. Somebody's probably has done this. You post on Facebook, 
I am so mad, I just don't know what I'm going to do. But you don't say why. You don't, it's just an open-ended thing where people are going to start asking, right? And then all these comments, what's the matter? What happened? What had, why didn't you just tell it to begin with? Was the motive to get the attention? Now, if you've done that, I'm sorry. But you understand what I'm saying? Are your motives pure? Do you do things for the right reason? It's actually a lack of humility. Christians are supposed to be humble. They don't need to draw attention to themselves. They do things for a pure motive and not a selfish one. Most of our motives are pretty selfish. We want to get something out of, that, out of whatever it is that we did. If we've, you know, how many times have you heard no, no strings attached? And how many times really are there no strings attached? Do you know the word unconditional love is not in the Bible? We say it all the time. God's got unconditional love. It is not in the Bible. We can get it from that. But can we actually love someone unconditional? That's hard. You probably can your children. That's hard sometimes too. And you go to discipline them, and you want them to get something out of it, right? But we don't want to be disciplined. We want mercy, but we won't show anybody any mercy. We want grace, but we won't give anybody grace. This is what's happened to the church. It got so far away from really what Jesus taught us, told us, that we're creating our own rites and rituals and we're trying to do everything right and we want people to see us doing it. When our heart's not pure, we're not doing it for the right reason. Proverbs uh, 16.2. I'm going to use from the uh, New Living Translation. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. Boy, we're pure in our own eyes, aren't we? Everything we do, we can justify. Why I did it. And you bet I did it for the right reason. You betcha. But if God actually examined your heart, did you? What about doing something that you don't benefit from? The Good Samaritan actually stopped what he was doing. He obviously was on a journey. He had some place to go. And he stopped what he was doing and helped the guy that had been beaten up and robbed. He actually took him to the inn and spent the night with him there before he left again. This is actually agape love. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to consider somebody else above us. Stop what we're doing and do for them. Help them. And when we do, are we doing it for the right reason? You can take the Good Samaritan story, and you can take it and you can see that the two that walked around him is faith without works. They're dead. And the Good Samaritan, if you want to twist this and turn it around, did he do it for the right reason? You know there wasn't anybody around? It doesn't say anybody saw him. There was nobody to show off to. His heart was pure. He had compassion. 
didn't make it on Facebook, didn't do Instagram, no, no tweets. There wasn't newspapers. Who saw him? And this parable is now in, in the 66 books we call the Holy Bible. It is the best-selling book of all time. That story. Would you do it if somebody wrote a book about it and it would be the best-selling book ever? Oh, you'd do a lot of things then, wouldn't you? If an author decided to follow you around and was going to make a book about you, he's going to write a book. Literally, what do you call these? Ghost writers or something? Uh, Okay, whatever it is. Um, Would you actually live the life that you're living today? Or would it all change? You'd start doing good deeds, right? Author's following you around. He's going to write a, a biography about you. Is that the right word? Autobiography means you wrote it about yourself. That'd be your best book ever, right? If you had to write a book about yourself, it'd be full of a bunch of good stuff. In a biography, is somebody that's going to write a book about you, is that right? You got the words right? You'd be all good, wouldn't you? You would never do half the stuff that you do in private. You realize integrity means to have these, these values, a certain amount of morals, but it also is not just where people can see you. Integrity is, would you do it when nobody's watching? Are you actually purer than half the people out there? Are your motives right? Do you have compassion? If you've got faith and don't have compassion, your works are dead. Your faith is dead. Yikes. Doesn't that scare anybody? What'd you do this week? Did any good for anybody? Ah, uh, you're a parent. You did it for your children, right? Okay. Um, how many of you have to reward your children for doing something? Nobody's going to admit to this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and we, we want this, too. We want the reward first. Then maybe we'll do it. But to actually do something and get a reward later... You need to be promised, right? And, and Jesus gives us this promise. Why don't we do it? If somebody said, I'll buy you a new car if you go to church uh, for a year, every Sunday for a year. Oh, that's simple. Absolutely. Eh, you might not like church, but it's a new car. This is awesome. Oh, and by the way, they're going to be an author to follow you around and write a book about you. No problem. What if there wasn't anybody to see? What if there wasn't a car? Would you do it? Do you do it? He actually gives us a promise of what the reward will be. Would it be the same if somebody offered you a home, a car, million dollars? If you do this, this, and this, I'll give you a million dollars. Just about everybody in here would probably do it. What if there wasn't a million dollars? You wouldn't do it. Because the motives aren't right. Your motives are not pure for doing some of these things. Christianity really has become very self-centered. It's all about us. 
what I'm going to get out of it. I want my prayers answered. I want blessings from, the God, from God. I want the favor of God. And I want them right now. I don't want to wait. This whole timing thing in our prayers, I can't wait for that. If he doesn't answer my prayer, I just got to do it myself. Self-centered. That's how Christianity's become. You want something out of it, or you don't want to do it. And is that actually what he teaches us? Romans 8, 7 and 8. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And all these things we've been talking about, the self-centeredness, what, what I can get out of it, what is my reward, is contrary to what I just read. That's living in the flesh. That's living of the world. And it can't please God. You can come to church on Sunday morning all you want. You realize this is just being obedient. But do you do it because you want to get something out of it? And a lot of people do. I don't, I don't you know, I, I hammer people. I know I'm not making you feel good right now. But if the music isn't just right, or, you know, the guy doesn't shave enough, or uh, he's too fat, you know, I'm just using things that I get so I don't offend anybody else. Music's too loud. They didn't sing the song I wanted them to sing. Um, boy, I got a list. You want something out of this. Of course you do. Is it just eternal life? Is it just to please God? That's all he wants, is to please him. When you stand at the kitchen sink and you watch your children in the backyard and they do the right thing, they do a good thing without even being told, without even having a reward, without knowing there will be a reward, you are so proud. I don't know how many times I've told my kids not to do something and I look over there and they're doing it. Right? I haven't promised them something. I'm sorry, Abby. I don't mean to. Do you? You want the reward first? That's what Christianity's turned into. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. Pure motives to do good. Righteousness. To do the right thing. To help people. To serve one another. To put others before you. Is it something you do on a regular basis? Is it something you're getting better at? Is it something you're just going to start? That'd be awesome. I'm not that great at it. I'm old. I hurt. I can't lift things up the way some of you guys can. I can't use that to justify not doing it. I say this all the time. You know, you see something along the road. Eh, I saw a car back there for a while. He's got a fish on the back of his car. He'll do it. He's probably younger than I am. And he'd go on by. You don't really want to stop and help anybody. And you'll justify why you don't. When you ask and do not receive, it's because you ask with the wrong motives. Ouch. 
God, I, I need this so bad. I'm just, I'm on my knees, God. Whatever it is you're dealing with in your life, God, I'm on my knees. I need this so bad. You know, and if you give it to me, now you're going to make a deal with him, right? If you give this to me, I'll go to church every Sunday for the rest of my life. And what's that last? A few Sundays? What if you did make a deal with him? What if God showed up and said, you know what, go ahead and use me like a, a genie in a, in a lamp. Go ahead, I'll give you three wishes. Just about every one of you would have impure motives, selfishness, self-centered. You'd want your gift now, or you'd want more gifts. Isn't that the ultimate wish, is to have three more, and then when you get to the third one, you want three more? What if nobody saw you do a good deed? Would you still do it? Really, would you still do it? Nobody's around. This is the Good Samaritan. Nobody saw him. The other two have walked off. They're gone. The robbers are gone. They took the guy's stuff and left. Nobody's there. Would you help? Well, yeah, because, you know, it says in the story that he was beaten and robbed and uh, even be naked left for dead, well, sure, you'd help that guy. Would you help somebody that just was sitting there crying? And you don't know why? Would you stop and ask? Would you find out what you could do? And would you do it if you had the resources to do it? Would you try to find the resources if you didn't? Is it really to help them? Or did you just want somebody to see you doing it? Will the worship team get ready? I've babbled here long enough. Luke six thirty-eight. Give, and it will be given to you. This is not talking about money. Everybody wants to use this for money, okay? Stop right there. This is not about money. It's actually the context is judging other people. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Mmm. Really? So, if I need help, but I didn't help anybody, am I going to get it? Am I going to be blessed with that? The, the pressed down, the shaken together, you have to understand they had gunny sacks. They would leave crops along the road for the poor and the widows and whoever needed it. They didn't know who they were. You see, would you just leave them if you knew one of your family was going to come? Otherwise, you're picking them. This is money left out in the field. So they would leave some rows, unharvested crops, so that the poor could come out. And they would, they would glean the fields and get everything. And they would put it in these bags. And, and what they're trying to tell you here is that this bag would be pushed down like garbage. It would be pushed down and would shake, shake it. And get it all down in there real good. And it would still be overflowing. This is what this means. Don't you want that? Isn't that what you want from Christianity? Isn't that the blessings that you want? That God would leave what you need for your taking. And it would be so much more than you could ask, imagine, or even think. It would be so much more than you ever even dreamed of. That's what you want. 
Did you ever think you have to do it for somebody else before you get it for yourself? What, what if that was your deal with God? This is my deal with God right here. I'll go do it for somebody and then you give me the reward if I go do it. I, I, whatever I want, I'm going to go do for somebody else so that I'll get the reward. Would you do that? That's pretty much what scripture says. You will be judged based on what you do. You are too busy to give time to God to help others. You can find time for sports events. You can find time for your favorite shows. You can find time for Facebook and social media. You can find time to talk about politics. And we can find all kinds of time to talk about one another. We got a lot of time to gossip. But you struggle with reading your Bible, spending time with God, going to church, visiting a friend, a relative, or a neighbor. You're too busy to help someone. You're just too busy. What if God was just too busy? You're praying, I need this, God. I need, this. I need you to fix this. And he's, I'm busy. I'll get to you when I, when I have some extra time. And that time never comes. What I want you to think about is whether your motives are actually pure. Do you love one another? Do you help one another? Do you meet people's needs? This is Christianity. Is your faith dead because there's no works? And it is, shouldn't be something that you have to write down, I got I to do this. I wish you would. It should just become a habit. We meet people's needs. We reach out to one another. If your motives are not pure, are those prayers going to be answered? While the worship team sings out this song, I want you to think about are you really just going through the motions? And Jesus actually says, when I was in prison, you didn't come to see me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. When I was hungry, you didn't give me anything to eat. And they say, when have we ever denied you these things? And he says, whatever you have done to the least of these people, you have done to me. So, you need somebody or you see somebody that's in need if it was Jesus, you'd help him. Right? Because you know you'd get a reward out of it. He tells us that's him. And we don't see it that way. We see it as just somebody else. I don't know who they are. I'm not going to stop and help them. They've never done anything for me. I don't have time to do this. I don't have the resources to do this. I don't, I don't even know where to start. How, how would I even know where to start helping people? Where, where do you? Well, I'm going to tell you. You can start in church. By serving in church, I'm not trying to get you all to do this. I don't have jobs for everybody. But to serve in church is actually helping his people. We meet people's needs. We do all this. I can't do all this. You ought to see the people in the background, the people that are, are cleaning and the, the, the band and the tech people, the children's ministry. We have to have people to help us. I can't do all this myself. But you know, I actually thought about this message because we do this Davis Mental Health Group. And we meet every other or the first and the third, I can't remember what it is. And I help facilitate this. I talk all week long about people that suffer with anxiety and, 
and, and depression, or they have panic disorders. And, and this group isn't for people that suffer so much as it is to help one another know how to deal with it. So you want to be helped with what you're dealing with, but you won't go to a support group to help somebody else. Same thing. Why aren't there lines out there? People lined up to help with children's ministry or, or some sort of outreach that we do. Why aren't people just lined up out there? They're not going to get anything out of it. They don't have time for that. Those people have never done anything for me. You realize that's just what we talked about, right? Your motives are not pure. And your faith without works is dead. Mm, ouch. I didn't come here to listen to that. I didn't meet your needs. You won't ever come back here again because you want something out of it. James 2, 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The priest that went around, the guy that had been beaten up, faith without works. The Levite who walked around him, he was, would have been part of the church. Faith without works, without deeds. His faith is dead. Can't you picture this in your head? The people that are supposed to be the church walked around. Their faith is dead. And our churches are full of them. I don't want you guys to be that way. I want you to be the ones that God smiles at. Now I'll tell you where the real church is in this story is when the Good Samaritan takes the man to the inn and the innkeeper helps him. And they have to take care of his wounds and bandage him. They have to feed him. They have to watch him. They have to call to see if he's okay. They have to check on him once in a while. You see, that's the church. Those are people that are doing deeds in the church. Not in a building. In the one universal church of Jesus Christ. If you have faith without works, it's dead. Let's pray. Father God, awaken in us this, this Holy Spirit that needs to manifest in each and everybody's heart with pure motives to do what you ask so that your, your promises will be fulfilled. You will be smiling at us. You will want to give us things. You will want to help us. And that's the same attitude we need to be reminded of. We should want to help because you want to help us. Let us leave this place and be reminded that we are to do for others what we expect God to do for us. It's in your son's beautiful, holy name who died for us, we pray. Amen.